This is Timestamp, the podcast dedicated to capturing this moment in time. I'm your host, Amy Breslow. Today's episode, Passion and Accountability. My guest today is Carla, who identifies as a high school student, an activist, and an Arab American woman. Carla uses she, her pronouns. There's a lot of things I'm passionate about, um, but with, with what's going on in the world right now, I'm super passionate about the Black Lives Matter movement and just fighting for the Black community. It's something I have been passionate about for a while, but I mean, obviously with you know, all the protests and every, just everything that's going on in the, in the killing of George Floyd and, and the countless killings from then on, like it still hasn't stopped. I have become super passionate about it and super passionate about the criminal justice system and how corrupt it is. I'm super passionate about the fact that, you know, so many like black and brown bodies are disproportionately arrested and kept in jail and I'm super passionate about just all and focusing on all the systematic oppression in America because I think that every system in America is meant to put um, people of color at a disadvantage like with the voting system the criminal justice system the education system um, it's all built on oppression and I'm super passionate about just like that in general because I think it needs to be talked about more how like systematic racism is so real and prevalent and I'm also super passionate about accountability and in that sense it's accountability for you know cops maybe who have not gotten arrested yet or not been prosecuted um for their actions, it's accountability for politicians who are just letting all of this happen. And it's accountability for just people on the local level in day-to-day life who are letting like racism just go by and not doing anything. I think accountability, more specifically touching on how this ties into my day-to-day life, as I've mentioned before, I'm a student and I'm a high school student and my school is very predominantly white and it's in a predominantly white area. And I obviously do not experience racism in my school because I am, I am white passing, but I do go out of my way, I would say, to try to hear the experiences of the black students who are in my school. And just listening to their experiences is, it's heartbreaking because it's, there is so much, so many people against them um, that you wouldn't even realize. And it's like hurtful to see how different people are treated. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like for example, just there's so many instances of racism from teachers 
that it shocks me because I would never have known or never have had to experience that but it just honestly shocks me and it shocks me that administration or the administration of my school at least doesn't just like to sweep racism under the rug and just doesn't want to hold the teachers and the people in power but also the other like ignorant students accountable and so I think it all comes into play with accountability. We're not taught the history of racism. We're not taught the history of slave, not even the history of racism, just the history of uh, like black excellence in its own sense. History is extremely whitewashed. The entire curriculum is whitewashed, but especially like our English and history classes. And they try to fix things with, oh, watch like reading How to Kill a Mockingbird. And they think that the problem is solved. And just so much of history is whitewashed. I took AP US history last year. And like we didn't learn, we had like a sentence at the end of the textbook about slavery. And that just doesn't touch enough on racism and how, yes, there's a history of it, but how it's happening in present day time. Like people just don't think, a lot of my peers honestly don't think that there's racism at my school because they don't experience it and honestly don't think that racism is a thing because of the the civil rights act educating my fellow peers on the type of things they can control because obviously i mean we're youth like we can't i mean most of my friends i definitely can't vote yet right and so and we're not adult, like we cannot change the systems as of right now, like with like things that we can do, we cannot change the systems by ourselves, but we can take those steps to make ourselves um, anti-racist. And I think that's such an important thing. And also people are too scared in schools to call out um, their friends for saying racist things, which I think also ties in with accountability and ignorance so yeah that those are things I'm really passionate about and I'm trying to get there to be a curriculum change because it needs to happen and it's honestly so embarrassing that schools are still teaching the same tech like textbooks written by white men who don't who don't even like consider different aspects of history when they're writing these textbooks I just think it's really weird that like on the census you have white black and then like hispanic and asian like half of them are color of skin like things and the other half are ethnicities so it's just a whole mixture so it's either like choose one or the other i think it's a whole social construct because if you're gonna put ethnicities put all of them if you're gonna put colors put all of them it's just so weird to me how race has now forced groups of people to be put into boxes um, and erase whole cultural identities by putting them into these boxes of color.
So I identify as I'm an Arab American woman. My parents are from Syria and from Lebanon. And it's a big part of who I am. It's like in my home life, you know, we always have Arabic TV going on. And my grandma speaks to me in Arabic and we go to Arab parties and we have big, huge family reunions and amazing food every single day. It's such a big part of who I am. And it's, there are cultural differences between how I live my life and my like more like American friends live their life. Um, So that's like something that can't be ignored. For me, I don't identify as a woman of color just because I am white passing and I acknowledge the privilege that I have for being white like skin tone wise it's a really iffy thing for me because I benefit from white privilege but I'm not the same as my white friends in this like my white American friends in the sense of the struggles faced and the way that just life is lived it's a whole culturally different thing but on the scale of color, I can't ignore the fact that I am white and I do benefit from privilege and I try to use that to my advantage. But being in the activism community, I went into it, again, not really sure, but more identifying as a woman of color because that's what I was taught. You know, I mean, I wasn't taught that I'm the same as my white friends. I was taught that I'm an Arab girl. And so, I didn't really think of myself as white growing up, but, you know, going into activism, I've been involved with the activism community for a couple of years, and I've had many people tell me that I'm not a woman of color because I'm white passing and that I can't speak to experiences that people of color face, which I agree, but it's fed this internal unsureness with myself because I'm obviously white and I have privilege but am I a woman of color it's something I ask myself every day so in the activism sense I'm a white person and in the activism community I'm a white person in my school I'm not I am white passing yes but there's so much more to me than just being white and there are cultural differences and there are things that I experienced that my friends would never like the the struggles of being an immigrant and being an immigrant's child like people just don't experience that so it's just it's honestly so iffy for me because I honestly don't know how I do identify because so many people have different ideas on what people of color are and what whiteness is and I'm still trying to figure that out for myself so for now all I do is I recognize the privilege I have for being lighter you know a lighter skin tone I recognize that privilege and I I use it as if I am a white American but that's not to ignore the cultural and ethnic aspects of my life I was an intern at the Arab American Institute, which 
honestly taught me so much about myself and I cannot express like the gratitude I have to the people there. I've been involved with activism for like a year or two. And in that sense, people have been like, no, you're white, you're white, you're white, you're white. Um, And I haven't really had any engagements with other Arab American people. So me having that internship and seeing people who looked like me and who experienced the same things as me, identified differently than me and identified as like people of color or identified as not in a sense people of color, but not white. So that really was eye-opening and it helped me realize, but also confuse me more about who I am. Um, And I wish I could give you an answer on how I identify today, but I'm honestly still confused because there is such a taboo if I do say I'm a person of color, I don't want to be attacked for that. And if I do say I'm white, that I feel like when I say that it erases my ethnicity, which I don't want to happen. So it's honestly such a confusing thing that I have to deal with. But I know that like in my school, there are differences. There are clear differences between me and everybody else. And I don't have any representation like Arab wise on the school level, but just in media, but that's a whole nother conversation. So I often feel alone and confused and I feel as though like people in my situation, like I have had to like change myself to be more white for my school, if that makes sense. And now I'm straying away from that narrative because I'm just like, what is race? What is it? You know, like, why do we put ourselves in these boxes? It's really a difficult thing to think about because I recognize the privilege I have and I recognize that I am white passing, but I also don't want to erase my ethnicity and my cultural experiences. And I, in the same time, don't want to claim I'm a person of color because in no way do I experience the same thing that like brown and black people do experience. So it's just a constant like confusing thing for me, but I think it all ties into how society tries to put us into these boxes of race. Accountability, first of all, from our education board and from our school administrators, they need to be held accountable for sweeping racism under the rug and not taking actual steps to change in their curriculum and and just how the schools run. There needs to be accountability for teachers. I think that's a really big thing is there are so many teachers who A, have said racist remarks and B, have excused children who say racist remarks and they need to be held accountable. And a lot of the time they're not held accountable because they are in power. And we need to hold our fellow peers accountable um, for saying racist remarks and ignorant is a better word ignorant things because there are so many kids that just do not understand the severity of the issue 
And on when I'm thinking about this, it's kind of from my perspective because obviously it's different for you. You don't have like peers and teachers to hold accountable, but it kind of applies to everyone's way of life. You know, for work, you have to hold your colleagues accountable too. And I think it's so hard to call people out and hold people accountable because it's so uncomfortable, but we need to be comfortable having those. Yeah, we need to be comfortable having those uncomfortable conversations, um, which is a really hard thing. And I understand that, but you, I, it's hard for me to say to my friends, you know, maybe you shouldn't have said that, or here's where you might be wrong. And it's even harder when people just brush it off as a joke. But, and that happens a lot, especially in high school. So many people I know, going back to the N-word, just like sing it in a song and I'm like, hey, that's not cool. And people get mad at me for ruining the mood. It's not enough to not be racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. And in that comes with having those uncomfortable conversations and holding people accountable. And I don't think this only applies to racism. It applies to, you know, sexual assault. There have also been many um, allegations like in my county from the high school is in my county. So many people have come forward and it's accountability of the people who have wronged others. It's holding them accountable for their actions. And, you know, even if they are your friend, you know, it's important to hold them accountable, but also using that as a learning and a growing experience, but not to diminish like survivors experiences, but it is, should be a growing experience. Thank you for listening. Timestamp is produced by me, Amy Breslow, with IT support from Alex Moreno and original music by Maddie Schuler. You can find us at timestamppodcast.com. I'll be back in one or two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well.